We've all been hurt. We all carry scars. We can all overcome these things and be healed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's build that relationship together right here. Welcome to Healing Scars with Pastor Burton. Hey everybody, welcome back to the sanctuary. And this week we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, what What I actually have for you this week, this is a sermon that I wrote many, many years ago when I was still preaching to youth. Um, you'll find it's quite a bit rougher than my normal sermons or even the Bible studies that we do here on the podcast. Um, so it's a little bit of a treat. You know, um, for me, if if not for you, you can see a, a bit kind of how things have changed over the years. All right. But anyhow, without much, you know, any other ado here, let's dive into it. So I need to lay, lay down uh, some background here for you. All right, so um, there's a couple of kids that were up to no good. Well, let's let's be honest. I'm going to take that out. It was me and it was a buddy of mine. I'm not going to mention his name to protect him, uh, his identity. Um, but uh, you know, needless to say, we were a couple of very young and very stupid kids. All right, uh, I was staying the night over at his house. It's the middle of the night. We're out in the country. For those of you who don't know, I, I grew up in a very small town and out in the country. Um, so it's, you know, needless to say, we're out in the, the, in the sticks. The only thing that's out there to light the sky are the moon and the stars. So it's very dark. Now, this friend of mine and I, um, we got it into our heads that for whatever reason, since we had the house to ourselves, his dad was out working. Uh, his mom had passed away years prior, so it was just us idiots um, with the with the, the lay of the land to ourselves. And we got it in our heads; it'd be a great idea to throw a football back and forth to each other, basically playing a game of catch, throwing the ball over the house. That's right, over the house. All right, a couple of rocket scientists here, right? So um, to make matters worse, we're way outside the city limits in the sticks. His, his dad owned quite a huge spread. Their neighbor owned quite a huge spread. And for whatever reason, they both decided to build their houses real close to each other, real close to the property line. So it's the middle of the night. Like I said, we're throwing this ball back and forth. Uh, back and forth. I throw this thing for all I'm worth. And I hear a crash in the background. I'm thinking to myself, okay, I did it. I'm not thinking of the neighbor's house. I'm thinking I just chucked this ball and hit their greenhouse, right? So I go strolling around the house, and here's my buddy, and he's laying on the ground, and he's motioning for me to get down. And I'm like, come on, dude, get up. Let's, what damage did I do to the greenhouse? And I'm looking at it, and I realize I did not hit the greenhouse, and I see the light turn on in the neighbor's kitchen. I got down very quickly. After hearing a few choice expletives being yelled out as the neighbor walked in and found this ball laying in his kitchen at a shattered window, my buddy and I, again, a couple of absolute geniuses, decide we're going to run into his house. Now, in the excitement of things, I'm not paying attention. I'm sure my mom remembers uh, at least part of this story because I ran smack dab into the, this clear 
sliding storm door and busted my nose. Did a great number. Uh, so smart, and I'd had so many broken noses in the past, I thought it'd be a great job to reset it myself. Hence the brilliant bridge I have going over the top of it now. So a little bit of trouble, needless to say, this friend and I, we got into quite a bit of trouble. And you see, it's because we didn't worry about the consequences. We weren't concerned about honoring our parents, and we weren't concerned about honoring God. Our commitment was in the wrong place. And again, we got in a lot of trouble because of it. All right, so I have a few points here. My first one, commitment. You're either all in or you're all out. Plain and simple. Um, you know, it's, the Bible even tells us it's be better to be to either be hot or cold than to be lukewarm. All right, so with that, with, the, with that said, um, turn with me to first uh, Psalms 37 verse 5. And Psalm uh, 37 verse 5 says, Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. And then if you flip over to Proverbs 16, verse 3. So Proverbs 16, verse 3 says, Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. You see, you cannot lack in your commitment to God. You know, this is one of the biggest problems that we have in the world today, is that people don't follow through. You see, they're committed up until a point they're committed until things start to get hard and then they give up you know that for example you know oh it's it's taking too long so god must not care you know or they're struggling with something um doesn't matter if it's at school or life or you know somewhere else you know they're struggling with something so they take that something that they're struggling with and they push it to the side and they ignore it and later on when it's time to address it, they start trying to come up with excuses as to why the work didn't get done and why it got pushed to the side. Don't give up. Don't do it. Be patient. Pray. And keep working towards the goal. And if you do that, God will bless you. It might not come in the time that you want it to or the time that you expect it to, but that blessing will come. It doesn't matter if you're working towards something like knowledge or understanding or if you need emotional help, you know, maybe because of a relationship or the lack of one or maybe something going on with an old friend or a family member, you know, or, you know, maybe it's financial help, you know, because your family is struggling with something there. You know, whatever it is, Whatever you're going through, don't give up. Don't quit. Right? We all suffer. We all suffer. But without commitment, you will suffer without hope. Let me say it again. Without commitment, you will suffer without hope. You need hope. You can say, I intended to do the right things. Jesus knows my heart, but let me tell you something, that's not good enough. Maybe you've heard it put this way, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. 
You have to follow through. Everyone needs to adopt an attitude that says, you know what, God? I'm never going to give up. Not going to do it. I'm here. I'm doing this. Let's do this. I need you. Let's work on this together. There is an old journalist and radio commentator. Um, you know, some of you probably heard heard of him before. You know, his name his name is Paul Harvey. Now, for those of you who don't know who Paul Harvey was, uh, you know, he like I said he's a great journalist and radio commentator, and he had this show where he would share these great stories about people's lives, and in the end you would find out it was someone of great influence or celebrity. You know, it was somebody just absolutely amazing because he wouldn't tell you exactly who it was until the very end. And then and then when you found out, you're like, whoa! It was an absolutely incredible. All right? So anyhow, I digress. Um, so there was an interview that was done with Paul Harvey, and, and he was asked what the secret of success was. Well, Paul's answer was, I get up when I fall down. He was committed. He was absolutely committed. See, you can't treat your commitment like a New Year's resolution. There's no room for maybes. There's no room for, oh, I'll think about it, or "Ah, maybe tomorrow. It's either yes or it's no. All right, which brings me to my second point, which goes into discipline. Don't be a weakened warrior. All right, our commitment has to have discipline. First Peter chapter one verse thirteen says, "So prepare your minds for action, and exercise self-control. Put all your hope." And the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Be disciplined. Be in control of yourself. Don't let yourself be distracted or tempted off the path. Just stay the course, okay? I'm going to give you some definitions. So this this is... The definition of uh, of discipline um, per Merriam Webster: um, A, to control gain. Uh, I'm sorry, control gained by enforcing obedience or order. B, orderly or prescribed conduct of pattern of behavior. And C, here's the big one. For those of you taking notes, write this down. Self. Control. Let me say that again. Self-control. Write that down. Underline it. Highlight it. Circle it. Whatever you need to do. Write it in a different color. Make that stand out. Because that's something that people forget about today. Self-control. You know, that that other way people like to say self-discipline. But let's just say it. Discipline. A.K.A. self-control. The root of discipline comes from... Discapolis. Sorry, I'm kind of butchering that word. Uh, um, Discipolis. There we go. A little tongue tied there. Discipolis, which is the Latin word for pupil, which is also the provided source of the word 
disciple or a follower of Jesus Christ in his lifetime. All right, so the root of discipline comes from disciples. Again, that's the Latin word for pupil, which is also um, the, the source where we get the, word, the term disciple from, meaning a follower of Christ in his lifetime. All right, so continue on. Um, you know, that a little bit of English lesson there for you. All right, so um, if you would, turn with me to Matthew 19, verse 21. So Matthew 19, verse 21. Jesus told him, If you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. See, what was going on here, Jesus was explaining uh, to this person who was a very prominent person. They were very rich, all right? And that was... is very much their idol at that time. It was what was holding them back. So Jesus was trying to explain that the material things in this world truly mean nothing. You can pray, but that's not enough. What you do and how you live matters. And that is where people falter. It's where they have that little misstep in life. See, you can't go part way. There's no half in. You have to go all in. You know, and, and it, I'll give you some examples, some very common, uh, you know, examples or of uh, going part way. You know, um, how you come to church and how you act at church. You know, are you honoring your parents or God? By your actions, and, and let and let me put the, put this out here, with honoring your parents. Okay, I and mean, one, it's very biblical. You know, honor thy mother, thy father. We know this. Secondly, you know, um, it doesn't matter where you are in life. It does not matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if your parents are still here, or if they've passed on. Because you still bear the name, and you still you still represent the family. So, are you honoring your parents or God? Either one. Because if you're not honoring your parents, you're not honoring God. And just because you honor your parents doesn't mean you honor God either. All right. So, just because let me let me keep going here. Just because you're physically in church doesn't mean you're here either. Playing on phones, listening to music, watching videos, you know, giving into those idols. You know, you're more engaged with those than you are with actually hearing the word when you go places. So be in control of yourself. Don't let others tempt you away and pull you away. Don't tolerate distractions from what matters, even if it's just for a minute. That minute, it matters. A lot can happen in a minute. And if you're okay letting something happen like that in God's house, letting something to distract you and to pull you away and get get your attention, then guess what? You're going to be okay with letting that happen out in the world. And your commitment 
will fail. It will fail. Going to our third point. And we're rounding base. We're heading for home here, folks. The, the greatest example and miracle. Throughout the Bible, Jesus predicted his own death. Several times. But it was never understood for what it was and what he was saying until after he was crucified, died, and then returned in the resurrection. All right? Every day, he was closer to death. Every day, he knew he was closer to death. However, he was committed and showed discipline by his example. And it was an example for us. Turn with me to John 13, verse 31. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. Jesus already knew that Judas was setting things in motion, and his death was, was coming very quickly. Uh, you know, but he stayed true. He stayed the course. And think about it. At that time, the cross, you know, that thing that many, many of us wear, you know, that many of us hang on the wall and, and have pictures of and draw pictures of and have tattoos of, etc., etc. The cross at that time, it was a symbol of shame. It was a symbol of disgrace. It was reserved for the absolute worst of society, the dredge of society. Jesus was mocked, he was ridiculed, spit on, tortured, and humiliated. Jesus turned that cross into glory by performing a miracle as he was put up to die. Between two thieves, he brought us salvation, he defeated death, and connected us directly to God. He set the example with discipline and commitment. The example for us to follow. So don't be a couple of kids throwing a football over the house. Be a disciple and walk for God. Not for yourself and not for man but for God. So recommit to God every day. Be disciplined in your walk and be the example that God needs you to be. All right, folks. That's all we got this week. We'll catch you next time. God bless you. I want to thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions prayer request, or would like to know more about our ministry, you can find us on our website at bethelightsanctuary.org or on Facebook at Be The Light Sanctuary. We'll catch you next time. God bless.